This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, good morning and a spectacularly good-looking Saturday morning. As we oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And and uh, and the weather's good, too, Charlie. Oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. What a nice way to start the show, Frank. Well, of course. And the brand new year. I'm, I've turned over a leaf. I'm going to be nice to you here on end. Turned over a relief? <laughs> a a new real leaf. Oh. You know what? It is the garden show. Yes, it is. Yes, yes it is. Yes. Now, I'm... I'm Frank Proctor, and I am the sous chef of the garden. Or the under, 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 gardener. under But you are learning. Maybe we could take yeah. out one of the unders. I, what is it? It's only been is eight it years. Eight years? Yes. <laughs> oh my eight gosh. And a half years. Don't, don't hold a test anytime soon. Okay, that, who was just speaking there, was of course Charlie Dobbin, yes, the indeed. host of this show. Correct. I am simply her minion, and uh, I do the bidding. Whatever she wants. I, and she yes. wants me to repeat the phone numbers. Or, <laughs> or at least get them on the air. At least once would be nice. Yeah, okay. All right. So in Toronto, my friends, you want to call with a question about gardening or offer a little tidbit of information, that's great too. 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Who's our friend up in uh, Blind River? Um, Blind River? No, no. White River. White River. Rick. Rick. Yeah, Rick. Gee, I wonder if he might call today. We just uh, missed him last week. His phone is probably frozen. <laughs> Do you know, That's I had trouble really... getting gas this morning. Uh, the pump wouldn't work properly because it was so darn cold. That's it, pretty cold. Yeah, yeah. It just, I don't know. They've been having a, a problem at that particular little spot that I go to. You got up early enough to get gas before you got here? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I left. You. I left home at uh, about ten to seven. Hmm. Hmm. I was still sleeping. I know. <laughs> you, you almost slept in, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I did sleep in. Yeah, but so good thing I got here. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Elliot. Yeah. Yes. And there you good. go. Oh yeah. The other little thing is, uh, if you call in, you're our first time caller. Please let Sebastian know, and he'll let me know, and then. You'll hear that just before you get on the air. You'll get your wings. There you go. Call Sorry. early, call off, and one question per call. There we go. I'm done. You sure? Yep. Okay. Yep. I got a few things. One is I wanted to send a big shout out, big hello to my mom. Oh, yeah. Dolly. Dolly, yeah. Hopefully she's listening. She promised me yesterday she was going to listen today. Right. So, uh, um, and she's, if she is listening, she's sitting in amongst all her flowers. My mom has quite a collection of plants, oh, really? blooming orchids. And I Calancho. wonder if she's got um, an amaryllis as gorgeous as mine. You know what? She doesn't because I haven't given it to her yet. It's still, oh still in my house. Well, I'll tell you. If it's anything close to mine, it's amazing. Yeah, well, I've seen yeah you seen, pretty much hourly you've been sending me pictures. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and you're still liking your amaryllis? Oh, my God. And the other buddy's coming up now. It's got oh, about another two feet of a, of a new 
and you. Oh. So how many actual start, flowers? Big, okay, there are two big ones right now that are going to. We had two drop off. Okay. And these guys are wilting, so that new one is coming right. up. And so you will have had four flowers yeah. on the first stem. That's right. Yeah. And now the next stem is yeah. coming up, and yeah. it'll have four or five as oh, well. Oh my God. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Well, so you know, spring is in the air when the Hort Societies and Garden Clubs yep. uh, are done with their Christmas break and uh-huh. are back having meetings. So we've got a couple things going on. Monday, this Monday, January the 9th, the Asian Court Garden Club is hosting a meeting at 8 o'clock in the evening at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland at Shepherd. The guest speaker is John Alexander, an enthusiastic uh, orchid hunter. He will be presenting a slideshow on wild orchids. Of course, this is quite a fun group, this agent court group, and they're always trying to encourage others to come out and have fun with them. They they giggle a lot. They eat tons <laughs> of desserts. Um, yeah. They... Uh, you know, and I want everyone to know they're welcome. There's no, obviously, admission or parking charges. Mm-hmm. It's just come out and have some fun on a cold winter's night. Uh, this Wednesday, January 11th, there's two things going on. One is the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society's general meeting and free presentation on Monarchs, Mountains, Mexico by horticulturist and world traveler Anna Leggett. Refreshments, are, of course, are included. Guests, again, are welcome. Scarborough Village Community Center, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. They're a big group. Oh. I've, I've spoken to them before, and they, they fill a large auditorium. They're also super active across the ages. They've oh, got children's yeah. gardening groups, teenage gardening mm-hmm. groups, like everybody. It's, they're, they're, no, there's no ageism in this group. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, oh, they're all great. into it. Yeah, they're quite a fun group as well. And the Riverdale Hort Society. Now, we used to be located right close to them at our last location out on Queen Queen, Street. That's right. Um, Because these people meet, the Riverdale Hort Society... And this is a, a group that's over 100 years old. I mean, they've been around oh, for really? a long time. Uh, so, yeah, lots of history there. Wednesday, January 11th, Riverdale Hort, 7 p.m., Frankland Community Center, which is 816 Logan Avenue, just south of the Danforth. Veronica Callanan will be speaking. She's the former president of the East York Hort Society, and she's also quite an entertaining speaker. Mm-hmm. She's going to cover what gardeners can do in the winter. And again, all are welcome. If you're out in the Burlington area, Royal Botanical Gardens is hosting a January clearance sale in the gift shop. Oh. On now until January 15th, save up to 75% you are kidding. on selected wow. merchandise. So, of course, That's our, good. Yeah, and they have cool stuff at that gift shop. Mm. Of course, garden-themed, but home decor and real practical yeah, yeah. things as well. Uh, RBG 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. Okay. okay. Is that pretty well it? That's pretty well it, unless people would like to talk about and you'd like to listen to me ramble on about what to do with your Christmas tree after you've oh, undecorated it. Well, at some point in the show, let's deal with that. Yeah, because which I, I haven't even... done yet. Yeah, Mine's still yeah. decorated in my living room, but at <laughs> some say, point, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will take it down. Same, same with Shirley. Now, hers is phony. It's, it's, yeah, it's, well, yeah. those ones you pack up in yeah. a box. But yeah, exactly. I have I have what we call a once-alive Christmas tree. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, tips and tricks okay. on what to do. All right, that's all coming by here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. AM 740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Charlie and I shall return in moments. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. 
exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 918 on a gorgeous looking Saturday morning. Wonder how things look out there in Pickering. Well, let's find out. Here's <laughs> Josephine. Good morning, Josephine. Welcome to the show. Good morning and a happy new year to you both. Good Thank morning, you, you too. I, I trust you've had a good holiday. Absolutely great. That's yes. good. What I'm calling about, Charlie, I talked to you before about those mandevillas that were invading my space. Yes. So have you cut them down? I've cut them back, but the leaves are all falling out. Now, you said not to fertilize, but I don't know. I think I should give them a bit. Uh, okay, how much sun are they in? Are they in a really sunny location? Oh, my God, yes, because my house faces south, and I, when I, I can put my furnace down to 65, and the house stays at 72. Wow, with all the sun boring in. That's great. Um, all right, well, I mean, it's still a bit early to fertilize. And remember... We think of fertilizer as kind of like a, um, a solution to every problem. When a plant looks like it's suffering, we think, oh, I know, fertilizer. And but, I feel, feel like giving it a boost. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. I mean, it does provide nutrients. There's no question. And plants in pots have limited access to any kind of food or nutrients. So that's why it is important to fertilize on occasion. But the plant must be actively growing. So if you... Actively growing. Yep, actively growing in order to use that fertilizer. Otherwise, it just builds up in the soil. Before you know it, you've got a toxic, salty mess all around the roots, which, of course, causes the roots to shrivel up and die. Right. So that's what how we determine when to fertilize. Now, you had told me to water about every second to third week. Depending on, again, the size of the pot, the kind of temperature, and, of course, the amount of sun you're getting in. It's the size of the hanging basket. Yeah, so it's not too huge of a pot. So you might need to be watering a little more often than that. Can you, if it's only the size of a hanging basket, you should be able to feel the weight of the pot. Mm -hmm. And when the pot feels quite light, quite dry, you should water. So whether that's every week or every three weeks, it just kind of depends on temperature, et cetera. So, but but do, yeah, don't let it go bone dry like we would let a cactus, you know, turn into a desert because it, it will drop leaves if it gets too dry. It'll just well, it suffer. Has been drop- Both yeah. of them have been dropping leaves. It might be from too little water by the sounds of it. If it's only a hanging basket sized pot, you may need to water more often than every two to three weeks. You may need to, you know, like I say, every week, every 10 days. Just okay, to, depends on how the soil feels or the weight of the pot. Okay, well, keep healthy and happy. Right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank and you, you too. Thanks, Thanks for bye your bye. call. Okay, Josephine. Josephine Thank is great, eh? She's, yeah. I think she's got us on speed dial. Yeah. Boom. And she, she uh, yeah. Yeah. First, as the news the is coming on at 9 o'clock, she hits yeah. the memory. So uh, that's a good point to mm-hmm. bring up because as we say goodbye to Josephine, we want to say hello to you. Uh, phone numbers, here we are. We've got uh, a couple of lines open. 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll-free, uh, let us see, one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And I thought, you know, Sebastian uh, lets us know who's coming up. Uh, I've got a monitor in here, and he fills out all the information. And he said uh, there's a lady who is calling in from Prince Albert. And uh, you I, I, said... I said Oh, gee, I don't think that? so. No, I think it's Mount Albert. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's calling Checked. us from no. Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah, no, but there is a Prince Albert. Yeah, there is. Uh, yeah, right here in Ontario. In fact, uh, very close to Walmart and LCBO. In, in Port Perry. <laughs> That's right. And first time caller. Oh, nice. Barbara, welcome, welcome. to the show. Hello, Barbara. Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Happy, Happy New Year to you, too. I got a beautiful amarella plant, which oh. has flowered a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. And the flowers have now died off, mm-hmm. and the stem is there. But there's new leaves yep. growing yep. onto the on the side with another new shoot with nice. a f- plant on it growing up. Good. Now I was wondering, 
Do, do I cut off the, the, the main big stem? I would leave it until it turns yellow because, remember, it is green, and anything green is able to photosynthesize, and photosynthesis is very, very good for the bulb because it's all about fattening up the bulb for next year's flowers. Mm-hmm. So you want to allow, like, leave the green flower stem until it shrivels up and turns yellow. Then you can cut it out. Meanwhile, green leaves are going to come up, and, of course, you want to encourage lots of green leaves and allow them to grow right through until August, uh, absorbing sunlight, converting to carbohydrate, fattening up the bulb, and uh, and making it you know that much bigger and better for next year's blooms. So yeah, leave leave green whenever you can. When it turns yellow, remove. Thank you. Thank you for okay. calling. Thanks so much. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The door is always open. <laughs> and the, the coffee's garden. always on. Exactly. <laughs> All righty. Uh, phone numbers again: four one six three six zero zero seven forty. And one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Now we we have Bob on the line from Scarborough, and maybe after we talk to Bob, uh, we'll go through the. Uh, well, we have to take a little bit of a break, but after that, okay. Then we're going to get the Christmas tree. What you do with it? Oh, thank you, eh? thank you. So all you're, right, you're getting good at I'm, this coordination, I know direction, I'm, and production. I'm, I'm trying to. I've got my directors of S on here. You the, do yeah. conductor. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, let's get to Bob out there in Scarborough. Hiya, Bob. Welcome to the show. Good, thank you. Morning. Uh, <clears throat> my question is that uh, I started to or like to get into raising violets from, I mostly get cuttings from other people, oh, nice. leaves, and they seem to thrive all right, but uh, some of them are two or three years old and they look to be leaf bound. You know, they'll maybe be 10 inches across and maybe have 100 leaves on them, but wow. I can't get them to flower. Hmm. So is it something in the fertilization or? I repot them every once in a while, but not good for you. What um, kind of light do you have them in? What direction is the? Uh, I have some facing the north and some uh-huh. facing the south, but I don't put them in the direct light. Right? Yeah, you wouldn't want to do that. Boy, this is where I need my mother. She's an African violet specialist. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Mom, Don't give we, us yeah. a call. <laughs> so, because she can make African violets bloom nonstop. And you, you funny can. how some people just have that ability. Yeah. So. So north window is good, east window is good. You definitely don't want direct sunlight, but you do want a bright spot. Always water from below. So the the saucer below is where we put the water as opposed to up high because you never want to get the leaves wet. Um, I think she would tell us that it is a good idea to fertilize. Uh, It is a good idea to fertilize consistently when it comes to African violets because you can get them to flower year-round. The, the fertilizer I use, there's one that people love. It's called Granny's Bloomers. And that's <laughs> yeah. always been kind of a classic for African violets. There's one I've, I use as well called uh, Power Caps. So um, these are fertilizers specifically designed for African violets. They have super high phosphorus and potassium. So the second numbers in the fertilizer formula um, are always way higher than the first number or the nitrogen because yeah. you're really not growing an African violet for its leaves. You're growing it for flowers. Um, the other thing I think is be careful that you don't keep them always moist. Let the plant um, suffer a bit, if you will. Let it really dry down between waterings, even to the point where the leaves become a little bit soft and limp. Uh, They they will not fall off or the plant will not die. But but by allowing the plant or, you know, allowing it to dry right down between waterings, the stress that you put it under will often cause them to flower. So that's just something that happens 
quite often with flowering plants if they're not flowering for you. So that's probably my best suggestion is you're probably doing everything right other than that keeping them you're taking too good of care. So you're getting a lot a of green, tough love. Leaves, yeah, yeah, too many green leaves. So cut cut back like water thoroughly but don't water as often and see if uh, some flower buds start to pop. Well, I went online and uh, you get into these African violet clubs and uh-huh. uh, they're primarily interested in the massive blooms exactly. that they describe as deleafing them. So yes, there's, there's a, that too. Not all the energy goes into the flower, but I mean, uh, just to grow them for the hobby and have the benefit of the few flowers and leaves. But that's they they deflower them too, so they have maybe five or six. <laughs> How mean blooms, is that? You know? eh? So uh, I mean, that's not for the average person that nee. just wants to enjoy the. Yeah, it's a pretty plant. Like yeah, I I couldn't do that. I couldn't just rip off green leaves. Just but you know, when you're into well, it, would you're that, into wouldn't it. that force the flowers more? In a sense. Well, yeah. like Bob said, it's, it, it, there's only so much energy, only so much that the root can absorb yeah, from yeah. the soil. So are we going to grow leaves with all that energy or are we going to grow flowers? Well, right. once the you know, the buds start, then uh, that's what people will sometimes do. But also the society members often will get into showing. Like There's a lot mm-hmm. of competition within these groups. So well, I was going to join one of the clubs yeah. there, but there's a few, not too many of them in Toronto. But I found that when you get in there, I... I find them that uh, they're all Latin names, and the average person doesn't understand that. I call it, you know, I say, well, even the women have beards and tilly hats, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's very hard for the average person to just go there and enjoy the, oh, well, the hobby, you know. Don't be intimidated about the um, those Latin names. It's like, some, yeah, some of these people do that. I think it's a bit of a, they show off sometimes yeah. with well, their I Latin names. Well, I spent a lot of time and effort yeah. learning all this stuff. So well, to... and there is a Toronto African Violet Society. I'm looking at it right now. A uh, website is T-A-V-S, so Toronto African Violet Society, dot C-A. Uh, mini presentation. They just had a meeting. Uh, oh, ju- uh, that, no, that tomorrow. January. Oh. Uh, wait a minute. Oh, tomorrow. yeah, it is. They're meeting tomorrow. Yeah. The Toronto African Violet Society is meeting tomorrow. Oh. Uh, at, where, where oh, am I here? The not? garden? Uh, okay. Toronto Botanical Gardens. Oh, okay. 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock tomorrow, 2 p.m. Uh, in Studios 1, 2, and 3. Um, program there. It's all about preparing for a show. So they're yeah. going to talk about deleafing. Um, <laughs> oh, that that might be interesting for you to go and attend, yeah. and then then yeah. next week call us back and tell us how it went. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could be our, our connection to the Toronto African Violet Society. Okay, so, thank you for your time. All right, okay, thank you calling. so much. There we are. That's interesting call, and uh, maybe I kill hope he does go because that'd be kind of interesting to see. How, well, how we got along with that. Well, but like he said, see, the thing is, if you're that, well, mind you, Bob said he's liking yeah. the idea of being a kind of a yeah. specialist, so he might find Pick his, the, his people, yeah. you know, yeah. his peeps might all be there because <laughs> that's what they're his doing peeps. too. Yeah. They're all really into African violets and, and that's what they're growing. I, I, through my entire life of horticulture and even, you know, professors back at university, they were like daylily specialists or yeah. something yeah. like that's what they did. They lived, ate, and breathed every detail of of some specific you have to plan. Be a real expert in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I've never I've always been kind of more of a generalist. Like yeah. I've always been interested in learning a little bit about everything yeah. rather than everything about something. Yeah. So um but maybe Bob, Bob's going to become the next African violet nerd and he'll call us <laughs> and give us Excellent. information Excellent. and we'll get him on the show he can answer questions Alrighty. when people call i'm looking at the clock because it is 9 28 mm-hmm. and a half and we have to take a little bit of a break and when we come back we're going to get charlie to uh tell you what to do with that christmas tree that's uh, 
still hanging around in the front the <laughs> living room there, okay? Uh, all righty, back in just a couple of moments. A reminder of those numbers. We, uh, we have clear lines right now. You can call in and get stacked up, as it were. 416-360-0740 here in Toronto. And then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Back in a moment here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, frogs, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, okay, Charlie. Um, we are going to the lines in a moment, but first oh. of all, let's deal with uh, the Christmas tree item. Yes. So if you don't have an artificial Christmas tree and yep. you have a once live, still in your home yep. Christmas tree, I mean, there's, I, I, I'm a huge fan of real Christmas trees, real live trees, because yep. I love the smell and I love the fact that they're not perfect and the yep. symmetry, like they're pruned and they're well grown, but they're not perfect. Uh, so th- I just think that they add a really nice feel to a room at Christmas time, and I'm always hesitant to take mine down, because it takes me so long to get it up, that I, I kind of, you know, it always stays up a little longer than everybody else's. And if you continue to water it, it's fine. You, know, I, you always remember, when, when I was a kid, my mom and dad worrying like <coughs> the devil trying to get the darn thing in, in the holder at the bottom, you know, to screw uh, those, yeah, yeah. The, the stand, yep. and it was always a big hassle. I know, and then of course oh. they'd fall over and yeah. stuff. Oh, no, they make okay. way better stands yeah, now. Yeah. When we were kids, they had yeah. little tiny feet, and they they yeah, were really exactly. tall trees would fall over, but no, I have a great stand that uh, holds lots of water, and you know I okay. keep it well watered. But eventually, I'm going to take it down. In my neighborhood, Richmond Hill, a week Monday, the they'll be driving around picking up trees, ah. taking them up to the. Um, basically, they they mulch them. They mm-hmm. chip, run them through a chipper, and what comes out, of course, is a bunch of ground up trees. Right. And then later in the spring, that's all incorporated into compost, etc. And people can go yeah. pick up at the um, at the Richmond Hill Town uh, site. So that does happen in most communities. Okay. So they, we do not want to fill up landfills with trees, decomposing trees. So they are used and and reused that way. But it, uh, before I send mine away, I usually like to keep it, um, uh, if we have snow in the backyard, I'll take it out of the stand and then jam the, the butt end into a snowbank. Yeah. And I also have a lot of feeders in well, my the backyard. Birds come around there, right? Absolutely. It's shelter for the birds. Yeah. And then if I get really fancy or I have small children come to visit, get them to uh, you get some of the pine cones and then to roll the pine cones in some peanut butter and some sunflower seeds oh. and then hang the pine cones out on the tree. Well, the birds go nuts so over the birds. Uh, and the squirrels too. They all go nuts idea. over that. So you can kind of use it as a as a bird feeder, yeah. the tree and shelter, obviously, which is so important on cold days like today. The other thing I'll do is I'll cut uh, boughs off the tree, uh-huh. lower limbs, and I'll use those green boughs uh, over top of my tender garden plants. We had snow, then we had rain, now we've got cold, we have exposed earth, and we have uh, plants potentially suffering in this cold, cold weather. So boughs can act as a a tempering uh, force against extreme warmth and extreme cold when we don't have consistent snow. So, you know, things like hellebores, things like rhododendrons, um, any of the evergreens Mm -hmm. um, that are going to be susceptible to sunburn particularly, the boughs laid over top, just gently laid over top, can really help break some of that sun. 
sun and wind and extreme temperatures. Oh, so good. Christmas trees have lots of really good uses, and I just think it's important for people to, to you know, they're, they're not only beautiful at Christmas time, but then after yeah. Christmas they can still be helpful. I love the idea helpful. of those little pine, those cones. Yeah, the, yeah. And the peanut butter. And, oh. it's, a, it's a great thing, like I said, yeah. when small children come to visit, you got to give them something to do so they yeah. aren't wreaking havoc, yeah. and that can be a fun thing for them to do. Excellent. Okay. Right. Super stuff. Thank you. Uh, oh, getting my bell ringing arm in oh, shape here because goes. out in Markham. Hey, Dorothy, welcome to the show, first timer. <laughs> Good morning. Good welcome morning. to the show, Dorothy. Um, I have um, at Christmas time, I got a Amaryllis bulb, uh-huh. and it's painted gold, and it's got a little wire stuck in the bottom. Now, what do I do? The, the flower, there's one bud. Just about flower, just about out, mm-hmm. and a few more buds coming, and another stem. Nice. But uh, I just wondered, after it's finished, do I t- peel the gold stuff off? Yeah, and plant it, or? I've never seen that. So the, it's been painted gold, and it's not in a pot. What's no, it? no, it just has a, a little wire. Well, it reminds you a little bit of a spring. It's stuck in the oh. bottom. So, yeah, so it just sits there on the table. Yes, exposed yeah. and. Without, water or anything it just says you just leave it huh interesting i never saw one before and i just wondered you know where do you go from here uh, well if you want to keep that alive and potentially have flowers next year you're going to have to get it into some soil okay because you're going to have to p- provide some moisture because it's got to grow on after the flowers yeah, that's what i was wondering yeah, so I mean, you could even do that now. It, it, it sounds, I mean, it sounds kind of beautiful, like a, a, quite a decorative item, but well, it's a one-shot only. Like, once that's done flowering, that's compost. That, that's it. <laughs> uh, unless you can, like, you, you're right, uh, either peel or wash some of that uh, gold away. Yeah. At, you may not need to actually peel it all away because it's going to be about the roots. And there are roots at the bottom there that will grow once you get it into a pot. Get the, at least get it off of the... Where the roots are. That's right. And and once some fresh roots grow, uh, if there's soil around the plant and there's moisture in the soil, it will be able to absorb some of that moisture yeah. with the purpose of being able to grow some leaves mm-hmm. and then, as we said earlier, fatten up the bulb for next year. Okay. Okay. I'll give it a try. Thank okay. you. Okay. You're very welcome. Thanks, Thank you, Dorothy. Dorothy. Yeah. Okay. One, one quick thing I'll just mention. When we plant amaryllis bulbs, they don't go under the soil. The top third of the bulb stays out of the soil. Right. And preferably in a pot that's just slightly bigger than the bulb. Mm-hmm. So they look like they're pot-bound, but that's Good. That's what they want. All righty. Um, we're at 9.38. I think what we'll do, because we have another caller, a first-timer on the line, uh, and we're just going to take a few messages first, and then uh, we'll be along to welcome another first-time caller. You know, we've had uh, five phone calls. Three uh, have been first-time callers. How really? So the lines are open, my friends, and the numbers again, 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. You are listening to The Gardening Show, or The Garden Show, if you will, with Charlie Dobbin, AM740, and of course, downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Back in just a moment. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the, uh, whoops, sorry, there we are. I didn't mean to jump on you, but just before we go to our next caller, um, my interest was piqued by Dorothy when she called from Markham about this painted amaryllis. Okay. That's not 
you know, it's a no water plant. So I've just looked it up. Now, what I'm looking at on the web, because I've never seen this before, they, they seem to be waxed. So what it is is the colored wax has been put on the outside of the bulb. And, of course, that's what's helping hold the moisture in. So you don't water, just like Dorothy said. Uh-huh. So point is, we were talking about potting it up to yeah. keep it. So she's right. If it is a wax situation, she's going to have to peel the wax off. Uh-huh. Uh, or okay. at least it, it will break, start to kind of break off yeah. um, anyway as the bulb grows. Right. But you don't want that wax in the soil. So ultimately she's going to have to remove that. Or if it's paint. So I think it's probably more than paint is my point. I think it's waxed. Okay. Okay. All righty. At uh, 9.43. Well, there it's we are. Another arm. first time caller. Yeah. North York. There's Lawrence. Hi, Lawrence. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. Uh, and thank you very much. I listen to your show every week, and uh, there's one question that's never been asked. Oh, excellent. What is it? <laughs> and it's about tomatoes. Uh-huh. Um, this year, uh, every year, I've, um, I've grown roughly about 30, 40 plants of tomatoes, mm-hmm. aroma tomatoes, and uh, here at North York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I took care of, uh, took care of them um, uh, really well. You know, the land, uh, the manure, the uh, the water, Good. and they grew healthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I even made uh, jars out of it. Out of, uh, however, this year, they turned out to be a disaster. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, first of all, uh, the plant did grow, mm-hmm. okay, quite healthy. Even the first crown of tomatoes were um, well. They mm-hmm. were good. However, as soon as it got to the second uh, crown, the third and fourth, mm-hmm. uh, they never matured. They oh. remained uh, small, I mean half the size. Hmm. Uh, they turned red just a bit, but oh. uh, they remain green and yellowish. Mm. Uh, inside, they remain green. Mm. And uh, in most cases, uh, inside, they were rotten. In other words, I couldn't get a crop out of them mm. at all this year. Now, the only thing I blamed mm. was uh, that the tomato or the plants did not adapt uh, to, the, to the direct sunlight that has changed through the years. Hmm. Now, I may be wrong. Um, uh, you could be right. Um, okay. Roma has been around for a very long time, and they have been consistently grown for, you know, probably 50 years. And because they've been consistently grown, they should be adapting. You're right. If it was a seed a variety that had been on the shelf for 50 mm. years and nobody had been growing it, then you're absolutely right. The the lack of adaption to changes in our world uh, are very, very hard for a plant to, to deal with. But if they've been consistently grown, typically there will be, you know, microscopic, minuscule yep. change um, adaptions going on, evolution happening. However, I'm wondering... Um, what was different about this summer was the extreme drought that we had. I mean, it was so dry and so hot. Now, tomatoes love the heat and they love the sun, but no edible plant wants extreme drought. So I'm wondering if there was something going on with uh, watering. Do you, do, were you consistently watering deeply as, as you, know, you should with tomatoes? Uh, or were you weigh at all during the summer? Yeah, uh, no, they were well watered. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you're talking... Um uh, let's see, twice, uh, three times a week. Oh, okay. However, uh, the uh, the water did uh, did not, didn't really penetrate. It penetrated, mm-hmm. but it dried quickly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I should water every day. No, no better to not no. water every day. No. And also remember, better to water early in the day yes. so that the water does penetrate and doesn't evaporate, uh, or or very late in the day. 
being careful to not get the foliage wet because we didn't we didn't have a lot of problems with blight this year because we didn't have a lot of water on the foliage, uh, which is often how that all gets started. Um, and like you said, you've been very careful. You've been adding manure. You've been doing all the proper things that way. Yeah. Um, what about trying a different? If you're growing your tomatoes for canning and for the purposes of eating, what about trying some uh, San Marzanos? Have you ever gr- grown those? Uh, uh, yes, I have. Um, the difference is, uh, see, the um, uh, San Marzano mm. are uh, rather uh, more liquidy inside. Mm. Mm-hmm. The Roma, uh, 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 this is what dry I like about the Roma. Pastier, yeah. The, yeah, they're a little more dry mm. and full. Yep, yep. And uh, that's the only thing. But I, I do understand. I could, yeah. I could switch over to another tomato and try it out. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if it might be worth trying. Just to, to you know, we always say mono... Well, monoculture yeah. is never a good idea. You know, having just one specific plant uh, in quantity because something happens to the one and they're all going to be yeah, susceptible. Yeah. So that yeah. would be one thought. The other is, you mentioned that the, the, the ripening issue. Yeah. Um, when... When tomatoes are, it's late in the season and it's getting cold at night and we're not getting, you know, that that quick heat and and ripening like we expect. Remember, you can speed up that ripening by by putting the tomatoes together in a paper bag and they will share ethylene with each other and they will, uh, um, the whole process of greening up and... and, um, Ripening up will happen more quickly if they're packaged together, either rolled in newspaper or into paper bags, a uh, okay. week or 10 days just to get that red happening. Yes. Flavor doesn't change dramatically, though. So if it's not a, it's not a very mm-hmm. sweet time of year, and you're right, the, the tomato crop always gets less sweet as the season goes by, I find. Yes. So the first crop being the best. Yes. And, and from then on, it's a bit touch and go, depending on the weather. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're doing all the right things, but that would be my one suggestion is to change it up a tiny bit with some different varieties okay. uh, and don't water every day <laughs> okay thanks so much for your hey, question thanks, Lawrence. and it's 9 48 uh, mm-hmm. let's go to another caller here and oh goodness look at this oh, nice another first time caller there's kelly in cambridge good morning welcome to the show hello kelly no sorry nope. sweetheart we've lost oh, him i've lost Her. oh pearl, okay brampton. we'll go to pearl in brampton then but pearl just a minute <laughs> Get yeah. another first time caller <laughs> welcome Hello, Pearl. Yes. Yeah, yes, there you good go. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. I love your show. I listen every Saturday. Thank you. Um, I have a couple of house plants. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one is called a Dracondinia. Uh, Dracina. D r a c a e n a. Yep. Yep. It's called. Yes. Dr- yeah, Dracina is what we usually call it. Yep. Dracina. Yep. Okay. That and another one is called Defen. Defenbachia. Yes, those two. Uh-huh. Um, I had them in the house, mm-hmm. and um, I noticed that they were getting a lot of small flies, like in the soil. Mm-hmm. I can see little things mm-hmm. moving. Yep. And then I would have the house filled with these little flies. Okay. And so- they look a lot like a fruit fly. Yes. But they aren't. Okay. <laughs> they are called fungus gnats. So oh. fungus, like fungus, and then G-N-A-T, fungus gnats. Yeah. So the adults that are flying around that look like fruit flies, they're yeah. flying around looking for a good spot to lay eggs. Okay. They will lay their eggs where it's moist. Uh-huh. They love uh, moist soil, mm-hmm. and when they lay their eggs, the eggs will hatch. That, what hatches out of the eggs are little tiny, tiny, tiny caterpillars. Yeah. They're white. And they eat fungus. So, of course, that's where the name fungus gnat comes from. And they are eating fungus in the soil. So the more 
your, the, the more you keep your soil moist, mm-hmm. the more fungus you have, okay. the more happy location you have for fungus gnats to thrive. So a couple things you can do. One mm-hmm. is stop watering so often. All right. Water thoroughly. Both your Dracaena and your Diefenbachia are very happy to almost dry to uh, a desert in between waterings. Okay. So, you know, if there, it's a good-sized pot, you know, a 10-inch pot, for example, you're going to water with a, cu- a couple of liters of water. Okay. But do not water again until those... You, you stick your finger in the soil and it's dry right down okay. to your second or third knuckle on your finger. Yeah. Might be two weeks, might be three weeks, you know, depending on the temperature and the amount of light. So do that. So l- water less regularly but right. thoroughly when you do so. The other thing I use is something called sticky sticks. So sticky, like the word sticky, mm-hmm. and then S-T-I-X, mm-hmm. uh, available at any garden center or you know, Home Depot, etc. Sticky sticks made by Safers. Um, follow the instructions. The little yellow sticky cards, kind of like the old flypaper idea. Uh, you place those on the little stakes into the soil of your pots of plants. The flying flies or gnats are attracted to the yellow sticky paper, will get stuck and can't get away to go and lay eggs. So it'll take a while, but you will slowly but surely lower the population, eventually uh, causing it to completely disappear if you you do those two things. Hibiscus. Whoops, I'm sorry, honey. We have to kind of hold it there. The, but you're uh, the welcome rules, to call the rules back. of the garden show is, <laughs> one, you know, uh, one question per call. So please, you know, well, uh, I don't think we'll make it back uh, again this week, but give us a call next week, okay, Pearl? Thank you very much. Thanks for calling. First time no. caller. And, and we've had a call um, about oh. 10 minutes ago, actually. Uh, a listener wants to know your email address, so I hope oh. that person has a piece of paper and pencil handy. Here is the email address for. Um, for Charlie, it's C. Dot Dobbin, D O B B I N, at mzmedia.com. That's C. Dot Dobbin, D O B B I N, at mzmedia.com. Thank you, that, F. Dot Proctor, at well, mzmedia.com. <laughs> <laughs> and there you are. Do you remember way, 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 way back, yes. eight and a half years ago, you kept calling me Charlie Dubbin? Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> I learned my lesson after you beat me. Slapped you a couple of times. Oh, my God. Dobbin, that's stuff you put on your boots. That was like waterproofing stuff. (laughs) You kept saying, oh, this is Charlie Dobbin. It was like, no, Charlie Dobbin. (laughs) We have to take a bit of a break here, and then we're coming back to another first-time caller here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. At uh, 9.56, hey, there's another ring of the bell. And that's Ooh, for Linda. Your arm is getting a workout. I know. Good Linda morning. in Union. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. Excellent. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Glad to be able to talk to you, Charlie. Yeah, thanks for I've calling. I've been wanting to grow gardenia, and I've tried on three separate occasions, and Without any luck, it dies on me. They're very hard to grow in our world because it's very hard to give them the environment they want. So inside, it's not warm enough? No, it's not that. It's humidity. Humidity. So they're an exotic, are they? they well, they yeah. are. They're tropical. They're yeah. from, um, you know, like think of Hawaii, where it rains every afternoon for twenty minutes. Uh-huh. You know that they need that that rainforest kind of world. So 
They want bright light during the day. They want regular room temperature during the day. At night, it can cool down, but not too much. <laughs> if it's too cold, they'll just go, oh, no, and drop all their leaves. So there's that, I, that um, you know, down to nothing below 65 degrees, kind of Fahrenheit kind of temperature at night. And bright light during the day, they want to be kept constantly moist. Never let them dry out or they'll drop all their leaves. Yeah. Uh, and they would love to have, you know, 60, 70% humidity wow. 24 hours a day if you wow. could do that, which is virtually impossible. Run the shower. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. let it yeah. live in the shower. Yeah. So, if I had a window in my bathroom, I could do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, yeah. you know, that's what you almost want. So, yeah. But you, well, a couple of things you can do. One is obviously check every day to make sure that they're not drying out because yeah. moisture is important. But a pebble tray placed beneath the plant. So that's that idea of a tray, a shallow cookie sheet or whatever, uh, uh, full of gravel, plant sitting on top of the gravel, always filled with water, constantly evaporating around the plant will help raise the humidity in the uh, you know that right around the plant. Right. Misting daily will help as well. Uh, fertilizing every two weeks, three weeks will also help as well. So there's sort of a lot of things and winter's the hardest time. It's not so difficult to keep a gardenia going in the summer because we do have our, our humidity typically then and the nice heat. And the winter's so dry. Yeah, with the, with our furnaces it's so dry. Yeah. So that's the challenge. It's that it's the forced air heat that really does them in and low humidity. But if you can if you can create a rainforest in your living room, yeah. you can raise a gardenia year round. Oh, they're beautiful. And <laughs> I know. The scent is they just smell amazing. amazing. I know. They have, I've struggled with them myself over the years. I know exactly oh. how tough they are. Okay. Thank yeah, you. let us know if you get yeah, on with that if thank you, you get something to work. Well, thank you so much, Charlie. Okay. All right. Appreciate thank the you. call. Well, there we are. Golly, what a what Where a did that show. hour go? I know. And we were very honest, you know, this time of the year, you think, oh, gee, I wonder if, you know, folks are going to be calling in. Whoa. My well, God. there's people and are the listening greater and preponderance thinking. of those calls were first-time callers. That's right. So so we've got keen yeah. gardeners out there, and they're getting braver, and, you know, now yeah. they're going to put the phone number into their yeah, speed yeah. dial so they can be first on the <laughs> show in the morning. Can and I give a little plug to my show a little please, bit Please, go ahead. Okay. Yep. At 1.45, I'm the hour from uh, 1 to 3. 30, but at 1.45, I'm going to be talking to David Warwick, who is a noted composer, writer, conductor of symphony orchestras, marvelous performer, piano and vocals. And but he has written, great guy, too. Yeah, always oh, a great, fun guy. But he's written a new Canadian anthem. Oh. True. And, and, uh, we're going to be playing that. It, it is just a riot. What so. is it? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh. Or thank you, thank you, thank you. Or please, please, please. <laughs> Maybe. Could be any All one of those. All of those things. <laughs> could be. Could be, Charlie. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, thanks, for, thanks, Frank. Oh, and we're going out to Hyde Park. Uh, Brecky's. Brecky's on you. Yes, mm, I know. Steak and eggs. eggs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whenever it's my turn. So, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being here and being such a wonderful co co. Uh, host, if you will. Oh, I don't want to say oh, that. No, no, it's co gardener, co under, under, <laughs> under gardener. Uh, and uh, couldn't do any of this without Sebastian. Thank you, Sebastian. Thank you, Phil. He's the gentleman who yep. answers the phone and screens the calls. And thanks to all our great callers. You know, don't don't be a don't don't be shy. Yeah. And don't be a stranger, like we Doors say. Doors always open. And the coffee's always on. So we'll see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.